Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I am your host, Mike Jen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. All the shows right over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, I'm. It is Monday, June 14th, 2021, and an action-packed weekend inside the Big Ten. As always, usually most weekends have a lot of things going on, and this weekend... An absolutely big amount of player movement because we are, again, getting into the thick of things for recruiting. And like I told you, uh, for the last few weeks, uh, I felt like recruiting was really going to pick up. You know, I think that the I still think that the big boom is is yet to come. You know, I think that. A lot of the players are are still getting out for visits. Uh, again, I think that right now the guys who are committing are guys that were already leading to go one way or the other, just needed that on-campus visit to seal the deal, and that's exactly what has happened. Uh, because there were multiple commits inside the conference this weekend, and we'll start off with Northwestern going out to Kansas and getting offensive tackle Nick Herzog at 6'4", 270 pounds. Uh, he had a decent offer list, which included Iowa, Kansas, Kansas State, Stanford, Vanderbilt, and Virginia. And those last three schools tell you exactly all you need to know. They are schools that recruit very, very similar type of prospects, and that's due to the academic profile that each one of those schools has, Stanford, Vanderbilt, Virginia. Now, when he's got other offers, such as you know an Iowa and a Kansas State, obviously not as well respected academic institutions, still decent schools. I mean, you have to qualify in order to get into any any school at the D one level. Either way, and here's the thing: this is a, a solid pickup because. What Northwestern does, and the reason why you don't ever see Pat Fitzgerald and the Wildcats having these you know, top 10 recruiting classes after you know, going to the Big Ten Championship two of the last three years is because they develop their young men. You know, who would have thought that Rashawn Slater would have been a first-round NFL tackle when they went out to Texas and signed him as a recruit. I don't think a lot of people did. Honestly, no. Uh, you know, there's other guys out there uh, that are going to come in and, you know, be a little bit more uh, guys that you, you would expect that to be, you know. Uh, but what Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald do is they develop. And not only on top of that, they develop a, and, and the young men get a great education. And that's going to continue. And, you know, I think that everything that Northwestern does and does well is on Fitzgerald. Like he's put that program into a position where they can compete year in and year out without top 10 recruiting classes, top 15 recruiting classes, top 25 recruiting classes. Let's be real here. 
right? I mean, that's exactly what the situation is. And you know, you look at a guy like Herzog, and you think, you know, he doesn't have this massive offer list, and he's really not, you know, he's got plenty of D1 interest, but what he's going to do is he's going to get up to Northwestern, he's going to get developed. And one thing that I really have noticed throughout the tenure and recently is that the lines, you know, the O-line and D-line for Northwestern, that, that's, that's what has improved. They've always had some pretty decent skill position players, you know, but when you look at the way that the transformation has occurred, it's because you've they've become significantly better on the offensive and defensive line, and a guy like Herzog is obviously going to help that. So, a nice, very nice commitment for Northwestern. Uh, Michigan State went to Georgia and grabbed athlete Quavian Carter, six four, two hundred pounds. Carter had a pretty good offer list. Uh, you know, Old Miss, Boston College, Clemson, who. Remember, Clemson does not offer a ton of prospects. They are not a school that just throws out offers all willy-nilly. So if you get a Clemson offer, that means you are probably one of the best players in the country. Also had Florida State, Michigan, Penn State, Tennessee. Michigan State goes into SEC country and grabs Carter. And this uh, young man is... uh, He's an athlete. He's ranked as a safety. Uh, Michigan State is saying that they are going to uh, put him as a linebacker. Who knows? What I do know is is that I love that frame. At 6'4", 200 pounds, you've got that opportunity to make him into a different kind of player. You'll see he gets on campus and he adds 40, 50 pounds. He becomes an outside linebacker. And one that's got coverage skills. Say he adds on 60, 70 pounds and goes to 260, 270. And he becomes a, a defensive end that's got a crazy skill set. I like the move here. And again, the, you know, Carter is a guy that recruiting services don't have very high. And I think part of that is because of the fact that a guy like Carter, because he's got that athlete moniker, it's hard to judge what position he will play, and therefore he can't get lumped into the recruiting rankings with the other players. But I love this commitment. I really do. I think that this is a very good one for Mel Tucker, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see how Carter develops and what kind of player he turns out to be. Minnesota has done a very good job in Texas, and they continue to do a good job in Texas. I don't understand why more teams don't go to Texas and recruit. Texas high school football is one of the best in the country. And P.J. Flex says, you know what? Since we've had some good success, we're going to go back down there, and we're going to continue to try and have success. They went out and grabbed running back Zach Evans this weekend. Uh, Evans isn't the tallest dude at 5'9", 200 pounds. But he's solid, and he's got a good offer list. And that includes Arizona State, Iowa, Notre Dame, and Texas. 
When Texas offers an in-state product, that's usually a pretty good sign. Now, let's be real here. Texas really, over the last 15 years or so, they've been good. Nothing spectacular. Nothing like the Vince Young years when, when they were competing for championships. But Texas has been good. You know, there's all those, you know, everyone makes fun of them for saying they were back a couple of years ago and then they stunk it up. And they'll continue to do that. <laughs> Let's be real here. Uh, although, you know, Sark has, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, their new head coach coming from Alabama, he's got a lot of momentum going for him. But the question is, is, is that momentum real? real? Because we've all seen Sark be a head coach already. And it wasn't pretty. And, yeah, he's going to the Big 12. Uh, you know, they've really got to push that rivalry with Oklahoma. Oklahoma has ruled over the Big 12 for the past eight years or so. It's the Sooners Conference. Very similar to uh, the Buckeyes right now. The Big 10, until further notice, is the Buckeyes Conference. It really is. And, you know, when you go down and, and, and grab a guy in Texas, like Evans, you just, you help with the recruiting profile. Uh, they, they did, unfortunately, you know, late last year in the cycle, they lost to Sante Samuel. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, uh, a Texas guy that, that at one point was committed and then not. And, and you know, it was a difficult situation there uh, you know after that early signing period passed and he didn't sign I think a lot of people saw the writing on the wall I think that is very common that's kind of what you see now that's normal you don't sign during that if you're committed and you don't sign during that first period that early signing period in my eyes you're an uncommitted prospect you might be quote-unquote committed to that school but you're not committed to that school you're not but I like this one, uh, you know, not ideal size, you know, five nine is a little bit short. However, we've seen plenty of shorter running backs be productive and do well uh, at the collegiate level, at the NFL level. You know, Maurice Jones drew wasn't the biggest dude. He's about the same size here as Evans, but a low center of gravity, strong lower half. And you've got yourself a pretty damn good running back. Because typically when you're looking at a guy who's got the strong lower half and low sense, you know, the lower center of gravity, they're able to, like, bounce off more defenders and, and keep their balance and continue to churn yards. And that's something that you're looking for. And I think that P.J. Flex saw that, and that's what he liked about Evans. Now, there's multiple Zach Evans. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's a lot of them. I believe uh, one of them signed last year, running back as well, out of Texas. <laughs> kind of weird. But either way, I like the pickup for Minnesota. Uh, Purdue goes out and gets a Michigan offensive tackle across Watson. And this is the first commit of the weekend where I'm going to kind of question a little bit. Purdue should not be recruiting against Bowling Green, Central Michigan, and Buffalo. Let's be real here. They shouldn't. I'm not knocking 
Watson. I think he could be a solid player. But this is low-hanging fruit for anyone in the Big Ten. Going up against Mac programs is not doing it for me. Not at all. And, you know, Jeff Brom, I think this is a huge season for Brom. He's got some playmakers, you know, David Bell, George Karloftis, you know, Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback. He's got some playmakers. They've got some guys that can do some things. But that needs to happen soon. Otherwise, they might be wondering if, uh, you know, how much longer Brown's going to be there in Purdue. He's already being courted by other schools. It went hard. Louisville went hard after him, ended up going with Scott Satterfield, his alma mater, mind you. He stayed at Purdue because he thought he was going to build something nice. And, you know, unfortunately, the last few years, you know, missing out on uh, the majority of Rondell Moore's career kind of sucked for him. After a, a fantastic freshman year, sophomore and junior, injury riddle. Just couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't stay on the field. But, you know, a guy like Watson with who else was after him, I think they could have waited a little bit. I think they could have went after guys that had more offers, that had equal offers, had some Big Ten offers as well. Now, I'm all for finding those diamond-in-the-rough, low-recruited guys. But when you look at Watson, and again, this is no knock on him. I think that he is most likely a Big Ten caliber type of player, but... I would rather see Purdue get Watson later in the cycle. Keep him on the back burner. Say, hey, look, we like you. We want you to come here. But we've got bigger fish that are out there that we're going to recruit still. We're going to still recruit you. But maybe we'll take commitment in October, November when the picture is a little bit clearer. I don't know. That's just me. I just feel like at some point in time, you have to look at some of these players and say, all right, look, uh, no, we like you, but we don't love you. And we'll take you. But not so early. It's June, you know. First signing period is about six months away, and a lot can change. But, you know, the only thing that, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't mind a commitment like this. I don't. But not now. Not now. I think three, four months when, you know, the picture's a little bit more clear for the Purdue recruiting. Then, yeah, okay. Then, then you accept a commitment from Watson and move on. But right now... To build the base of a class, because right, this—that's what you're doing right now. Early on, in the recruiting cycle, you are building a base. And do you want that base to be a guy 
a base to have a guy that doesn't even have any other offers from Big Ten schools. I don't think so. Now, again, I don't mind the commitment. I just don't like the, you know, the timing of it, really, is what it comes down to. I don't. I don't. Over the weekend, a couple of former, well, I couldn't, I wouldn't say former, for one of them, a couple of current Big Ten players announced some moves here. And we'll start off with the Fighting Illini and Mike Epstein. Uh, Mike Epstein, unfortunately, throughout his career with the Illini, hasn't been able to stay in the field. It's been injury riddled. And when he's been on the field, he's been effective. But the Illini got some really good news this weekend. Epstein's going to give it another go. I'm totally cool with this. Because the Illini obviously don't have anything to lose with Epstein trying. With the expanded rosters, with the free year that the NCAA is giving out, there's nothing to lose here. Epstein can stay healthy. He's a contributor for Brett Bielema this year. No doubt in my mind that that's the case. If Epstein can't get healthy, no loss. None at all. So, you know, obviously I wish Mike Epstein all the health in the world, but unfortunately, you know, when you kind of become injury prone like he has, they just kind of pile up, you know, little bumps and bruises turn into big, big ones. And unfortunately for Epstein, that's exactly what's been the case. So hopefully he can stay healthy. And hopefully that health turns into production in the field. Because I'd love to see it. Because, you know, from everything that I've heard, Epstein's a, an upstanding young man. And we wish him the best. We want to see him succeed. Unfortunately, injuries have held him back. So, hopefully, Mike Epstein just stays off that injured list and can have a healthy year. Because, you know, I do think that there's potential for football after he graduates or moves, not graduates. He should have graduated by now. He's been there forever. Uh, After, you know, he moves on from the Illini. I really do. Another guy that has moved would be former Ohio State cornerback Tyreek Johnson. Johnson entered the portal uh, after spring ball when it looked like he wasn't going to play. The former five-star has found his new home, and it's in the conference. He's going to Nebraska, and this is massive for Scott Frost to bring in a former five-star, especially after everything that they have lost recently to the transfer portal. There's one school in the Big Ten, in my estimation, that's really kind of gotten hurt from the portal, and that's guys leaving from the portal. It's Nebraska. Nebraska's really gotten hurt by it. Now, there are other players, other guys that have left. Michigan's had a lot of guys uh, enter the portal. Uh, Ohio State always has guys enter the portal just because of the way that they recruit. They they over-recruit uh, classes. You know, you get you know, your, you know, say your guy that's been a in the program for two years, three years, and, you know, they bring in 
you know, two five stars at your position. Well, you know, that, that's, <laughs> that's just, that's the way that they do things. And that's, you know, kind of a situation that Johnson saw. You know, I think he thought that, you know, playing time would come early at Ohio State, but it didn't, especially as a five-star guy, he kind of expected that. But that wasn't the case. And so now what you've got going on here is the fact that Johnson's going to a good situation in Nebraska. I think he's slotted as a starter on day one. He's obviously not going to be able to go through spring ball. But as soon as fall camp starts, I'm, I'd pen him in as a starter for Nebraska. And I think that this move is a move for playing time. You know, at Ohio State, he got some run, but probably not as much as he wanted. And now, I don't think there's anything stopping him aside from an injury, which is going to not put him in the starting lineup for Scott Frost in Nebraska. So a nice little pickup for the Cornhuskers. They're using the transfer portal to their advantage as opposed to getting bit by it this time. So uh, a nice pickup. And, uh, you know, that you know, they need they need that. They needed something like that. They needed some positive momentum heading in, you know, in the offseason because they've seen way too many guys, way too many guys move around. And and speaking of uh, the, uh, the the story of Luke McCaffrey is, uh, you know, that, that's something that, you know, I noticed uh, over the weekend and it kind of came out. And it's a weird story. So, uh, you know, obviously McCaffrey was uh, at, Nebraska, uh, entered the portal, committed to Louisville. Never reported to the Cardinal, which is odd, I thought. Kind of weird. Uh, And from what I know, I believe he is back in the portal looking for a new home. I always thought that he'd go back uh, like his brother did and... uh, play for his father. I believe Northern Colorado is, is where Ed coaches. Because that's what Dylan did. From Michigan. Went to go play for his dad. We'll keep an eye on it. If I see some news, I'll let you know. But, you know, it's, a, it's one of those weird recruiting stories that... You know, we'll find out all the information in, you know, two, three years and say, wow, man, that was odd. That was really odd. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, I'm rate us, review us, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.